Tim, season three, episode eight of Stats That Matter, NBA Finals, live, laugh, love, golf, and the Deshaun Watson saga continues. But while we get to what's in our cups this week, which is an IPA, not twofer, treefer, okay? I got a pair of, of IPAs from mm, Seattle, Washington. Woo! I'm okay. throw them down. Yep. And you got an IPA from Bitter for Me. I do. Looking pretty good. Yeah. Everyone, you got to follow us on Instagram at Stats that Don't Matter and on Twitter at Stats Podcast for all things sports and beer. Find Stats That Matter wherever you get your podcasts. Sit your Apple, Spotify, Google. Tim, let's get into the show. Before we do that, mm-hmm. I have some announcements to make. Oh, okay. As of probably 24 hours after this is released, my ass will be sitting in a plush, comfy chair watching an epic ballad about fighter jets. <laughs> nice. Like Happy it. birthday to Austin, by the way. But uh, that's what he wants to do. He wants to he wants to go to C-Top Gun. He wants to go to some bars. We might go to a strip club. I have no idea. So <laughs> That man has some impeccable taste, and my hats go off to him, sir. Well, yeah, I mean, he does listen to the podcast, so, you know, I, I suppose. Okay, <laughs> Let, let's get started here, Tim. I yep. was on the West Coast for work this past week again. Third time this year, your boy is stupid lucky. Um, and I picked up some Holy Mountain. Holy Mountain out of Seattle, Washington. Fantastic, fantastic brewery. Uh, their IPAs are pretty good, but they're really, really well known for their Wild Dales and their uh, mixed fermies, yep. which for any non-beer snobs is mixed fermentation ale. So, you know beers that uh you know kind of like what allagash does like can you know put some wild yeast in there and let all that shit happen so i came back with a lot and of course ben rainier growlers i brought out a bottle of uh fox farm for him i came back with a model time, mm, a modern okay. times biologic collab so i'm pretty happy about that shout out to that and then shout out to casey and uh and hanny and tom and noah um before they move out of the great state of washington Real good friends of mine. We haven't seen each other in six years, so it was good to get out there and crush some beers with them. But take a look at this beer right here, man. First of Ooh. all, the label art's hilarious because look at this dude. Hmm. He's like he's got like the little greaser slick back thing. He's got fire in his eyes. He's obviously ascending from the depths of hell, and he's you know not even getting it on the rug, <laughs> but he's beyond the edge of the board. I like that. Uh, regular IPA, six and a half percent here, uh, and then the other one is a West Coast IPA. So. I kind of just, you know, randomly decided to pick one. But, yeah, that's 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 pretty nice. It's, like, nice, uh, it's very, like, bright looking. Yes. Yes, it is. And it smells pretty bright looking, too. Let's go. Mm. Oh, yeah. So, you know, sometimes you get the IPAs to get that little bit of that floral kick. Yeah. I really like that. Um, and that's what this is. It's nice hazy, but it's got a really good floral uh, backbone to it. Um, I don't mind IPAs like that at all. I know some people mm-hmm. might, might not like it, but I, I think it's good to taste the lupulin powder, which is kind of what yep. that is. So, mm. <sighs> Starting off the episode strong, I'm going to give it a 3.8. It's pretty good. Okay. Okay. And how it's, are we going to do definitely this? definitely got to pronounce. Gonna... Oh, go oh I'll do the sidecar at, at some point along the way. I mean... I'm not telling you how to live. I don't have maybe it. I don't have a second just, glass that's ready. So. No, maybe. Well, you know, you can quickly make room for one in, in one of them, right? 
Oh Jesus! I, I, you can't pound hazies. That's uh, sure you can. pound hazies. It's the road to pukies. That's what's that's what that is. Oh come on! Not that I not that I have any experience in that because I don't. Come on! But, uh, you do, totally do your could. do your beer. Do your beer. All right, sir. whatever. All right. Uh, <clears throat> so I uh, dipped into the main well a little bit uh, for this one, and ended up grabbing uh, triplets from Banded Brewing. Uh, Banded, they used to be Banded Horn, right? I think is what their original yes, name yep. was. They're in Biddeford, Maine. Uh, they have a really cool little facility right next to a, a, a pretty great little pizza place, too. So it's super convenient. Uh, but they were one of the first breweries in Maine that had uh, like stuff you could do inside the brewery. They had like cornhole. They had, uh, I think they had like some arcade pinball. games set up, like pinball and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's kind of a little bit of a staple, I would say. Um, it's up there with, uh, what, oh my God, who is it that does Gunner's Daughter again? Mass, Mass Landing. Landing. Yeah, I would put it sort of in that little pool, although Mass Landing just got uh, a pretty big award just recently, I believe, at one of the the like global beer events, or at least the, the you know, it may have just been states yeah. only, but I, th- I think it may have been like a global, and I think they just took like gold for an IPA that they did uh, like best in style or what, or something along those lines. Someone has to, you'll have to look it up cause I'm not sure, but um, there are other beers are all, I mean, they're all good beers. Um, but you know, there's a, a couple other breweries in Maine that I would probably say just puts out you know, high quality stuff just all the time. Bandit is one of those that like, I, I've never really had a bad beer from them. Um, they're all, you know, pretty decent beers across the board. Even their uh, lagers are pretty good. I think they come out with one. Uh, it's got yeah. like the Lumberjack on it. And uh, I ended up drinking that one. But they were one of the first big beers that I'd ever had. Uh, Derjaku? Derjaku? Remember that one? Dekaiju. Dekaiju, yeah. That was like... Uh, it's a very, very good IPA. Yeah. It, it's good. High ABVs. It was one of the first uh, higher mm-hmm. ABV beers, mm-hmm. I think, that uh, became like a staple up that way that wasn't you know, waiting in line for five hours to get two cans type stuff. So <laughs> this bad boy shop. I've never actually yeah. had this one. Uh, so I was interested when I saw it. It's a, it's not a triple IPA, but it is a triple hopped IPA. Um, a triple dry hopped, I mean. Terrible pour. <laughs> it's so, it's very funny. Uh, once you've worked in a brewery, uh, the smell of a lot of micro brews like this instantly takes you back to like the, the long days in a brewery. Cause the brewery just smells like it all the time. It smells like boiled grains and, and fermenting beers and whatnot. So I just went to uh, prevent my cup from overflowing by taking a little sip and all of the foam exploding in my nose instantly for a second, put me back in the brewery raking out uh, uh, the spent mash after a, after a boil. It's exactly what it smells like. And they all smell kind of the same. <laughs> but good color on it. So it's not as yeah. uh, vibrant as yours. It's a little on the darker side. Um, nice puffy head on there. Like, that's oh, some oh, solid Oh, foam. there you go. There you go. Come on. You, you've heard me talk, you know, my beer terms long enough. You know? some, some of it should have transformative property off on you by now yeah 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 i uh decent head retention there you go 
Uh, okay, but seriously, it's it's really good. It's uh, it's the the foamy part, like the head on it. The foamy part. Listen to me. Uh, the head on it is like super light. If you ever had a a Dunkin' Donuts cold brew with the sweet foam on it, it's got that same sort of feel to it without being super sweet. But um, a lot more bitterness than I was expecting uh, right off the top. It's made with Citra, Mosaic, Idaho 7, and Simcoe. Uh, and that little salad of hops makes for uh, uh, like a, a bitter punch when you first get it. And then it sort of smooths out a little bit that traditional sort of New England IPA style, but leaves like just enough of the bitter on the back of your throat that it, well, I wouldn't classify it at all as a West Coast IPA. It has a little bit more bitter than uh, than some of them. And, like some of the more traditional New England styles. Take another sip. Uh, but it's good. And like each sip, that bitter gets more and more mild as it goes. And it ends up just being a very smooth beer that has this sort of that, has that like resiny mm-hmm. kind of piney finish on the end. Uh, it's really good. I like that a lot. Um, I'm going to give it a, uh, I'm just going to give it a, like a four even. Or even. Okay. All right. Like it's, yeah. For seven point seven percent, it's uh, it's drinkable. I kind of hate that terminology, but it's it's drinkable. It's crushable. It's cr- crushable. <laughs> if I look back through some of my earlier untapped check-ins, there's about forty uh, percent of them that definitely have one of one variation of eminently drinkable or super crushable or unbelievably soft. You know, this just just. Uh, not good. Not oh, my good. God. Good. You went full tryhard? I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Interesting. It's like I'm going to ask you to try hard to take a photo of your beer this time. <clears throat> I know. I'm trying. Oh, I, got you. I, got, I got you one last time, eventually. <laughs> All right. Let's 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 get into it here. There have been three games in the NBA final with mm-hmm. our Celtics against the Golden State Warriors. And, <clears throat> Tim, I think you, you predicted Celtics in six. I said Celtics in seven. We are sitting here, three games in, uh, currently two to one, Boston lead, which is crazy. Um, cautiously optimistic. We just need to win a couple more games. Um, splitting the series with the Warriors on the road is a very big deal. Um, and then, you know, now you got a couple games at home. You go Super Saiyan in one of them. It's, it's, it's looking up pretty well. Um, I think that, there's a lot to talk about here. We don't, we're not going to go like game by game. Just you know, <laughs> overall, sort of my, my kind of thoughts about game one, the Celtics kind of came out firing, which was pretty great because they stunned Golden State in their own place, 120 <clears throat> to 108. Uh, but then, of course, the Warriors were like, nah, fam, we got that shit. So then the Warriors <laughs> came out to play in the next game uh, and absolutely God. destroyed them. Yeah, they did. 107-88. It was an ass whooping. It was very, very bad. Um, and then, of course, last night, they decided to open up at the Garden with an impeccable fuck you, Draymond, da, 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 chant, which apparently yep. has been causing a whole bunch of people heartache. But, like, it's basketball. I don't know what you want me to tell you. Uh, yep. It's the finals. There's a lot of grown people in that arena, 19,000 plus, drinking something. Probably mm-hmm. going to be some bad words. Yeah. If it's fuck you, Draymond, that's better than what Kyrie says he used to hear in there. And I won't even yeah. I won't even say the word or reference it. So 
Uh, they won last night 116 to 100, which is pretty crazy because when this team is on, they're on. And Tatum is finally beginning to heat up just a little bit. Brown's like, you know, having some decent games. Horford's having some production. And the Williams brothers, they're not brothers, but I'm just saying the Williams guys on the team mm-hmm. pretty much can defend. Um, Robert Williams can, can defend, you know, in the paint. Just just really clogged some of the lanes up. And I, I think the Celtics strategy of like having two bigs with like a, a not so big guy, but also be a big and then some smaller, faster players. Like as Ime said in one of his press conferences this week, we have a size and we want to impose that physical size on the Warriors. The Warriors are a much smaller team. They're much, uh, much more scrappy, you know, yep. and they, they create themselves a lot of good looks, which we saw in game two. But thus far, Tim, I like what I'm seeing from these Celtics. And I got a little tinge last night. I was watching the game. I was like, please, if they win the championship, don't blow this fucking team up. Okay. Right. <laughs> don't, don't just, <laughs> just, just keep them together. It's like, everyone's like, it's all, hashtag all about 18. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Hashtag all about 18, 19, 20. Like, don't, this yeah. happens with super teams or teams that, that grow up together. They win a championship and then they fucking splinter. So I'm mm. not, I'm still sticking with my prediction. I think it's going to go seven. The Warriors are just too talented. Um, I, I think I think the, the the pendulum is definitely going to swing back, and it's going to be two two, then three one, three two, then three three, and then it's going to be game seven, which is going to be absolute insanity. But uh, yeah, I, th- thus far, I'm I'm very happy with the series. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's been kind of an interesting series. So all season, uh, Golden State was you know not great in the third quarter. Like just they were they were. I, I don't know, I don't remember their exact ranking, but they were towards the bottom of the list in terms of points scored in the the third quarter. But for whatever reason, now uh, it seems to be their strongest quarter throughout the entire playoffs. Uh, that kind of that was the same thing for the first two games. Uh, both of those games, they scored the most amount of points in the third quarter, except for the last one. The last one that kind of fell off uh, and it ended up being their lowest. So they ended up, uh, let me see, I'm trying to pull it up here to check. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I take that back. The fourth quarter, they disappeared in this one. But yeah. it, it, it's been kind of the same consistently. So in game one, they scored 38 points in the third quarter. Game two, they scored 35 points. And then they scored uh, 33 points. So it continues to be one of their strongest quarters. But yeah, that that last quarter, it it seems to be the Celtics are able to make uh, adjustments that tend to really make things difficult oftentimes for Curry in the second half. Not the case last night so much that kind of got a little worrisome i think he had like 15 points in the first half and then or 14 points in the first half and then 15 in the third quarter alone you're like oh jesus okay here we go again it's about to blow up because the game we got blown out of uh we were competitive until the third quarter where we kind of did what the what they did last night in the fourth where we only scored 24 points and we gave up 35 but the amount of turnovers they had were just incredible. Every time you turn around, they were doing something. And then Tatum took forever to get involved and, and start putting up points. He's had kind of a strange uh, a strange playoff run so far 
in the last few games where, I mean, he was a superstar all the way up to this point. And now, and I get it, like a lot of it is scheming and game planning and whatnot. They're double teaming him. They're, they're really game planning around preventing him from scoring. And you have a lot of other guys who are now stepping up. Like Brown has been on fire. Smart has been great. There's a, you can go down the list and there's lots of, uh, uh, points being scored by the bench. It's been very interesting to see to the point where, I mean, I, my, I had my Twitter fingers going again. All, I never mm-hmm. use Twitter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all three of these Celtics games, I've had the Twitter fingers going just because of Skip Bayless. That man is uh, nice. the like biggest troll I've ever seen. And that's, I, I imagine he's on the other side, like getting ready to type some of these things out and like giggles as he says, it's like, watch the reaction. And I, and I got caught up in so much of it that like the tail end of last night's game, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta stop. He just, yeah. the last series he was just constantly bitching about calls. And then it was like, who was out and who was missing. And he just completely turns a blind eye to anything that goes against the Celtics. It's this, Everything that the that's wrong about the way first the Heat and now Golden State and nothing about the Celtics, nothing about the fact that in last night's game there's video Draymond Green on the uh, on the line, not on the line, but sorry, he's he's on the side waiting for a free throw, yeah. mm-hmm. and he goes around Tatum, who's boxing him out. Which for everybody who, oh my god. I get so frustrated because I read the comment section. He's like, Tatum is holding him. Tatum was kind of holding him. They're like, he was kind of holding him, but he doesn't deserve it. He didn't deserve that. I was like, no, he was boxing him out, which is a legal move. You run around him and you're throwing like arms around his neck and his body and you're like throwing it out. And then you have the people who are, who are like, oh, well, this is, this is playoff hockey. I mean, I just, I just looked at the hockey, hockey game, right? (laughs) This is playoff. Yeah playoff basketball and and we should let it go and uh, i mean that's great it's still a foul and it wasn't even like it was involved in the actual play he wasn't going for a shot he was literally just boxing him out and he like threw him and he's been getting away with so many pretty gregarious gregarious penalties throughout this whole thing and like when you saw horford get the uh the technical that he had because Steph Curry jumped four feet towards him and landed on his foot and he got a technical, but then you see some of the shit that Draymond's doing and and the excuse by him and everybody is that he's earned uh, preferential treatment from the refs because of his gameplay and that's just what he does and all this shit. And you're like, that that doesn't make any sense. If that was any other player, they'd be facing some form of backlash and nothing is happening happening to him, and it's not like it's a secret. Everybody sees it. Everybody knows. So, I'm not surprised that when he started, he was getting you know, fuck you, Draymond. Like he's he's like arrogant to the point the where, <laughs> yeah, the he's best like part about that chant was that yeah, ESPN and ABC had no idea what to do. Like there was commentary that was actively going on, and uh, like it happened the first like the, the first chant, and I was like, oh, that's weird. Because like Chelsea yeah. and I were watching the couch. I heard it the second time and I was like, Chelsea, you hear that? She goes, What? And I was like, listen. And I turned the volume and I was like, fuck you, Draymond. <laughs> clap, 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 clap. I was like, wow. Dude. High school basketball. Here we go. I know. Yeah. So I mean, looking forward, I think they gotta figure out a way to get 
uh, Tatum involved. I mean, mm-hmm. or or really lean into the fact that he's now just sort of a cog in the wheel, and and he needs to kind of accept that and and be part of it. If and game but plan also around hit it. the shots that he has open. You know what I mean? Yeah. When he's cold, the rest of the team, if if they don't get hot, it's a completely different squad. Yeah. I mean, he played for 41 minutes last night, and he had uh, nine field goals, <laughs> uh, which is, I mean, three three-pointers. It's, I mean, he had, I mean, he did have a total of what, what, 32 points, which is, which is great. I mean, that's that's the highest scoring on the team, but it took him so long to kind of get into that that groove and actually start contributing and he still missed a ton and i i don't want to shit on the guy because he's still contributing he's facing some some tough tough defenses and some tough schemes that are directed at him specifically but i think the the game two nights ago he only had 25 points right and it and i mean I say 25 points and I kind of scoff at it, but it's still, I mean, that's, it's one of the bigger contributors on the team, but he's your superstar. He's the guy you need him to, to get going because everyone kind of rallies around him. The rest of the team has really stepped up. I mean, Grant Williams, Derek white, all of those guys are finding ways to put points on the board when he's not. And I mean, it's not always big points. It's not like they're putting up God, you know, ungodly numbers, they're contributing though, and they're making plays when they're they're in the game, and that is that's huge. I mean, Peyton Pritchard, nobody could ever tell you who that guy is. Uh, I can but tell you, come up. He's Paul Wall, baby. I'm the Pritchard's yeah. champ. That's what he looks he, like. He's out there he, with his. Oh he's my a God, fresh yeah. haircut though. He's fresh as fuck out there, except with his yeah. white socks. Which <laughs> I, I can't, people got to stop wearing white socks, man. I just I'm over it. Yeah, but I mean, he <sighs> anyway. comes out and uh, he doesn't put up a lot of points, but he puts up clutch points but white williams like everybody is finding a way to contribute uh and it's it's all really making a difference there was a a record set right it was it was one of those crazy stats that doesn't matter where you had three players with what was it? it was like 20 points apiece five rebounds and then nine assists Nine assists for the first time in you know however many years, which is a, a, a crazy thing to like, track. I, I, yeah, I thought it was like, um, was it ninety six, ninety seven Chicago Bulls, something like that? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a long time. I don't remember. Yeah, but it's one of those things that's just like very strange that somebody tracked. It's like it's one of those statistics that you know there's just an algorithm running that's spitting out data based <laughs> off of like what's going on in the game and someone's just uh, like oh this one looks interesting let's pull this out you know what i mean it's uh yeah but it, it's cool, i mean it just it just goes to show that everybody's contributing in and making some effort they got the shit out rebounded out of them in the last game and everyone saw that and was like oh okay well here comes golden state but I mean, I'm, I'm. I don't know if I'm necessarily buying into the 88 percent to 12 percent or whatever the whatever the latest ranking was. But uh, I mean, it's if they win, you think the the social media guys and the stats guys on that team are going to be like just casual about it? Or are they going to go full petty? Yeah. Yeah, I told you so to to everybody. <laughs> no, they probably they probably will. I, look, I I think the 88 12 was disrespectful. <laughs> I think I think it's to influence betting. 
I think I think honestly, it's more like sixty forty right now. That's that's that, I feel comfortable I mean, saying that, right? ESPN has no play in the uh, has no say in like are they getting nothing no, out of the but, uh, the Las Vegas books? You know what I mean? It was strictly yeah, but like when someone decides to make a new coin, right? And they decide <laughs> to just hype it up on social media, they can definitely blow up the market cap. You know, before you know, running away after the whole thing crumbles down, <laughs> that, like that it, might it's, be it's your, very that I, might be your biggest stretch. stretch. <laughs> you compare like a team of like two hundred people in a stats group to someone making a Bitcoin. <laughs> one of them has one of them has science behind it. The other one is a sales pitch for money that isn't real. Not that all Bitcoin is, or not that all coin is fake. But yeah, be careful. Be careful with that. You know, we're just in in a, in a regular cycle of most volatile currency crashing and, and we're going to keep going higher and nfts higher. nfts yeah. everybody we're going to turn our yeah. podcast in an nft you too can own a part of the stats <laughs> don't podcast. Don't matter. <laughs> just, uh, just one small price at thirty five thousand dollars because it's the only one and you would own it the stats um, don't matter at gmail.com for all business <laughs> inquiries we'll make this happen uh, but what i do gotta say though the the athletic had a really good game three preview and they talked about one thing that the Celtics, this isn't even my theory, right? Um, but I read it and I was like, yes. And then the prediction came through, which is why I'm going to talk about it. So they talked about how the Celtics, just like the Warriors, rely on spacing, timing, and then sticky you know, man coverage. Making sure that you smother a guy on the board so he can't get open for some of these passes. And where the Warriors feasted was that the Celtics got a little too ballsy with just running a traditional pick and just chest passing it across the key, right? So it opened up, and there was a lot of turnovers. And there's now one of those other stats that doesn't matter in which Boston has a set number of turnovers or below, and they're like an 89% lock to win the game. And when they have 15 or more or whatever that number is, they're like they always lose. Because, duh, if you lose the turnover battle, like, and the other team is scoring points, and you're not, mm-hmm. and then they have a, an avalanche in the third quarter where they bury you, yeah, yep. you're going to lose those games, right? So the the, the writer for The Athletic, and, and um, I think it was – um, Jenks, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, he was talking about how in game three, they would need to use bounce passes to get underneath the Warriors who were trying to crowd and jump the lanes. That's exactly what they did. Uh, and Mark Jackson, the officiating, uh, sorry, the, the commentating crew were talking about it. And I was like, yeah, that's that, that, the thing that's so great about this series that I feel some people don't understand on the surface is all the little wrinkles that Kerr is yep. doing and that Ime is doing in return. They are chess moves. That's why I think this series is going to go to six or seven. I don't think that other teams are going to blow each other out. I think that on um, Friday night, 9 p.m., the Garden's going to be rocking, and I think that the Warriors are going to go out there, and they're going to steal one. And they're going to tie it up and say, come back to our house, bitch, and do that shit again. That's kind of what which, happens. Which they've already done once, though. Right. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. like, these two teams, for whatever reason, and this is now making me even feel better about – may and the ascension of Brad Stevens to the front office and, and hopeful for the future. Like they're already here and they're playing like they're the ones being disrespected. Like they have the 12% chance to win the championship. I love that. I absolutely love that. I do think this series is going to go deep and I am excited to see what the future holds for this, but we're talking about Tatum. Like if you were to ask me who's series MVP right now, the Celtics win it unless Tatum has like an, like a couple games of explosions. I, I don't see it. Like, I saw there was, like, one list that had Al Horford on the top, and people were losing their goddamn minds. I'm like, to be honest, it's Horford smart for me right now because smart has locked up Steph Curry, which is incredible. But he's also the defensive player of the year. So 
give that man his, his, his laurels because he definitely deserves it. But my goodness, this has given us something like every game is a little bit different. And every time you think you know what the other team's going to do, they do something completely different, yeah. which is fantastic. And if the casual fan is not watching because their favorite team's not in it, they're missing out on what I think might be the future of basketball. Yeah. Like you I can't, mean, you can't have three bigs. You can't have a ton of small players that are super scrappy. You might need a, a dynamic mix in the middle. And if you look at the teams that Ime was on, Portland, um, the Spurs, right? They had those bigger guys with some of the smaller guys, right? Take a look at what, what he played with on the team underneath Popovich. You have him and Manu and uh, Tony Parker, right? You mm-hmm. got a couple bigs. You got some smaller folks that can just go ahead and just absolutely attack the rim. Maybe that's where this new evolution of basketball comes in. Who knows? You, you, want, you want my hot take? Yes. Uh, <clears throat> I find the current state of the league to be uh, boring. uh because i'm tired of just watching three-point shootouts because that's all these are now it's are you even tired when it's your team doing the three-point shootouts yep Yep. damn it i sure am uh because it's all you're doing is just playing a numbers game at this point and thinking that you're gonna make a couple more than the other guys and what it's done is it's kind of given the entire offense in basketball the quarterback treatment where not a single person on this planet, owners, players, referees included, know what a foul is. They're literally making it up as they go every single time, offensive and defensive. It all skews towards the offense like a quarterback does. But Yeah, I would say that. If you are a offensive player, you can all but bowl over the other person unless they are completely stationary right, and which, get away with mean- it. You want and a scorpion if, backwards, like where you stand there and LeBron James just poof, knocks you over? Like, it's not right? happening. Like, there was there was a foul called uh, in yesterday's game, and it was, uh, was it, I think it was Tristan went up. I, was it Horford? Maybe, it might have been Horford, but anyway, uh, I think it was Tristan. He went up to do a, uh, like, he went up to dunk, and Horford was there, and held his spot, put his arms up. And as Tristan comes in, he literally puts like a full forearm into his chest to like push off of him. So naturally Al's arm comes down and like goes over his arm. And yeah, that's a foul. What? I, I don't understand. Like you can run into somebody and literally push them out of the way. And then that's, that's fine, but the moment they their body physically reacts to your push, it's too much. Like I just I don't know. I don't know. Something about it is every time I watch one of these games, I'm like I, I try not to fault the referees because the game is so much faster than it ever was. It's almost impossible to try and like keep up in real time. I mean I give I give referees across all sports. I know baseball is getting uh, pummeled right now with some pretty bad uh, uh, officiating, but yeah, the NBA I try to give at least a little bit of a benefit of the doubt because it's so fast. The guys are so strong. There's three of you and there's ten players on the court that are all big, tall, lanky dudes just smashing into each other. But Jesus Christ, not a single person on this planet could l- watch a game and tell me what is a foul and what's not and flopping. Is so, it's so bad. bad. Now. Did you see Tatum flop when he when he tried to act like 
Curry in that breakaway like hit him. And Curry no, ended up getting the I mean, I, 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 so I, there's so many of them. I couldn't tell you, but like feigning injuries now, and it's just like, mm-hmm. oh my god, I'm so hurt. It's just you jump and into then they a play guy. The rest of the game. Yeah, they just you get jump right back in. Up. Yeah, you're not supposed to be able to jump into a guy. That still happens. There's like it's ah man, the whole thing is just so bad. Every every single game, all I can think of is like, wow, these guys must have like terrible balance in real life because they're all on the floor <laughs> all the time, all Ugh. the time. Like the business Tim, you really people think you could be running up and down the floor the ba- and like taking a shot and you not be on the floor. You know what I mean? Oh my God! These guys will go up. Did, did we talk about it? I don't know if we talked about it last podcast, but did you? Two commentate. Was it the last one during either the Heat final or this one? Do you remember what? Uh, I think I sent you the text, but or no, I, and I posted about it on Facebook. They yeah. are two of the best exaggerators of contact in the game. Like that's how we're describing people now. We have a fancy terminology for flopping exaggerator of contact is what they said because they don't want to call them floppers but dude you hit somebody you money off it your elbow hits their elbow and then next thing you know uh! you see him like every time someone goes in for a dunk like not every time we'll say like 70 75% of the time someone goes in for a dunk or a layup they end up on their back sliding towards the pole because oh my god you touched my hand this is this is this is it like Draymond throws himself. It's just the state of basketball, while it's faster than it's ever been, has become the softest I of almost any sport that I can imagine. I mean, football's not that far behind, but football. Oh my! Oh yeah, football—the sport that people get concussions and break legs and all kinds of stuff. Come they on, get concussions now. because of the type of game that it is. But in terms of like. Hits against quarterback, offensive passing interference, all that sort of stuff. It's all so. Oh yeah, like, yeah, I, I would agree now. with that. That, it, that is a little performative. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, but the NBA is by far. Well, where would where would you rank it in terms of like soccer? Sorry, oh. European football. So, so there's European football. Then there's the MLS. Then there's the NBA. There's I the would put. I would put the NBA above. MLS and uh, European soccer by far. Can't even believe you. Can't even believe you. I, it, everybody does it, and everybody compl- Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> you complain when you don't get fouled. You complain when you're caught fouling. Like it's just every time something happens, the first thing you do is turn and look at the ref. Like, what? What? Oh my god! Oh, uh, uh, uh. oh my god! I'm starting to not like watching basketball. If it continues down this trend. I, I mean, I don't know how much longer I go. I, I usually pay more attention to playoffs. And I'll, I'll always watch it because it's it's the playoffs. But I don't know how many how many more years I got investing this much time into it if, if that's what I'm going to watch. The product is just terrible. Imagine being someone from, like, the Gary Payton, Jordan era. Like, of, of sports in general 20 years ago, watching sports now. This is a conversation we should just go into. We should dedicate a whole podcast at some point. But could you imagine like old football players and old old basketball players right now? Just like, what the hell is this? What is this? I mean, the game the game does does improve. The game does move on, and, and right. there there are there are good things. Speaking of, why don't we just sound like a couple old guys who are just really crabby patties? 
Um, <clears throat> this sidecar, by the way, Serpents and Blossoms, this uh, West Coast IPA, smells and tastes like the non-medicinal uh, CBD. That's what I'll just say. That's what I'll, that's what I'll say. You got, four, what... you got four seconds. Give us your score. Taste and score. Super dank and also super earthy and bitter and absolutely love it. So I'm going to give it a four. Mm. I think we're turning into those guys that gives everything a four and above. But you know what? Fuck it because it's our podcast and, and nothing yeah, matters right, anyway. That's right, that's right. <laughs> uh, Tim, you know the phrase that uh, college girls permeated everywhere in the mid-2000s and early 2010s. It was a simple phrase, three L words, live, laugh, love, right? It's supposed to be a way of life. I, I th- I thought now you we were have gonna... live, laugh, golf, okay? And it's also the way of life in which, according to Golf Digest, it's turned professional golf into a reality show. And to be honest, I didn't ever really like golf that much. Uh, now I yeah. like golf a hell of a lot fucking more or less than I used to because this – this shit just does not make any sense to me, okay? Yeah. I get it. All these players come out and they say, we're trying to grow the game of golf. Cool. The PGA Tour is restrictive. I get it. All these these regulations about finding a way to, to turn down, you know, ball speed and loft and, and everything they're doing with the clubs and the equipment you can wear and Augusta changing their, their holes uh, of golf so that like certain scores can, can happen. Tool. Get it. You have the waste management, which I'm now a fan of, right? That, that's part of the PGA Tour. You have all this mm-hmm. other stuff that's going on. And then, like we want to do with most problems in America, we say, how do we solve this? Outsource it. create something. <laughs> yeah, we outsource it, and we just pay whoever plays in that thing a shit ton of money. And that's yep. exactly what's happening. So you have the Saudi kingdom that's decided to do this live golf tournament. It's like eight uh, or nine like actual tournaments like spread throughout the year. Two of them are Trump golf courses because of course they are. Um, and that's not even me being like apolitical, like go back and read and figure out why that's the case. Obviously yep. we were, we've been friendly with, with the kingdom for a long time and the past president was a lot more friendly with that. So it's not surprising that two of his golf courses just happened to be on there. Um, yep. And maybe I'm just bitter because, you know, there wasn't a third one that's in Virginia that made the, that made the schedule. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, right. But th- this is the thing. You, you can't look at this tournament as if it's not an attempt for some image control for the kingdom. And then it's also like some of these players are like by physically going to the league and today the PGA suspended them. Yep. Current and future players yep. from any tour uh, things for, for participating in this league and stepping outside. Like everyone makes money in this tournament. Everyone. Like even the last place I think makes like $200,000 mm-hmm. or something like that. And then yeah, the I winner got, makes I got like thoughts on that. Yeah. Yeah. Got some pretty aggressive thoughts on that. Cause I think I, I, will, a... I will finish mine up quickly to, yeah. to just give it to you that like golf has always been a sport about to, to me has always been a sport a, a kind of on the rich side about status. But if you're someone who's grown up loving golf and earning your way, paying for all the golf balls that you're going to inevitably lose in the woods and, you know, it's a huge fucking day for you when you get a new driver because your game's yeah. going to be taken to the next level. This super golf thing, like, do your fantasy football DraftKings shit on it. No one's going to care about it. Like, Bryson's in it. Of course Bryson's in it, right? Like, I- I'm super shocked that, like, that Dustin Johnson decided to do it because, like, you're a two-time major champion. Like, you just decided that was it for your career. Like, this is really worth being suspended. And he's like, I have to do what's best for me and my family. 
absolutely get that. Absolutely get it. But maybe not do it in a league that was just created to show the PGA how bad it is, especially if mm-hmm. you can't come back. Phil, at the end of his at the end of his career, Twilight, I totally get it. If Tiger had gone that way, I, I might have understood it. I don't think it would have like curbed any of the sports, you know, dislike that I have for him, but like this is ridiculous. Like golf has an, an image and identity issue now. And golf is played by in in my my brutal assessment, golf is best played and enjoyed by sixty year old plus men and women who get up early on a Tuesday morning and love to go out there and smack smack balls around and and like and walk the course. That's what golf is about. It's like yeah. it's like something that you do. It's not something that you try and make a hundred million dollars off of. No, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. So I got I got a lot of things about this that fucking piss me off a little bit because there's a lot of I mean I guess they don't piss I don't I don't take them to heart but there's a lot of things that that currently go on and being discussed as if it's like the the savior for everything that is golf. There are several reasons it's capable of paying out the amount of money that it does. Uh one, it does not have to pay TV deal money in any mm-hmm. capacity. It doesn't have to pay any kind of rights because the only way to watch it is on YouTube. You have to watch their YouTube stream. Like there are a lot of, I mean, the PGA is so big that it can go out and it can uh, like bid itself to whoever it is that wants to air it and broadcast it. But there is some like cost incurred by that level of organization, that level of structure and the strategy that goes around it. Not to mention these golf tournaments for uh, live. They currently only have forty-eight golfers. Yeah, currently, so everyone has to play, right? Yeah. So here's here's the here's their format according to their website. You have twelve teams, forty-eight players. They only play three rounds of golf. There's only eight events. The eighth one being like the championship. There's no cuts and there's a shotgun start, which means everybody starts on a different hole and you you all go off at the same time. Yes, everybody gets paid. There's like a draft process for each one of these. There's teams and everything. Uh, They pay out well enough because there's not a lot of overhead. $4 million to first place, and I think $120,000 for 48th place. $5 million for the top three teams. Uh, So it's... 3 million, 1.5 million and 500,000 split between all of the members on the team. I <laughs> It's oh here's another one following the first 7 events an individual champion will be crowned offering a total purse of 30 million dollars for the top seven, 3 individuals. 7 events. Yeah. Damn. Damn, I feel like you and me could participate in the live and we would we would do okay. Well, yeah, of course, because even if we were in last place, we would get $120,000. But that's the thing. Yeah. The P- the the PGA pays out some tournaments like all the way through 70th place. So, yep, it's a little less money across the board, but it's I mean like the Masters. If you win the Masters, you get 2.7 million. All the way down to the 50th place winner gets 38,000. But there are 
playoff bonuses. There are uh, there's a there's a player impact program that pays out. I think Phil got like eight million dollars from the player impact program, and I think that's it's a program designed for players to help grow the game of golf. Uh, but it, you're looking at something that's in its infancy that has money to spend. I'm wondering where all this money originates from. Cause it's not Greg Norman. He's not the one that's paying out all this money, but you only have 48 players. What do you do when that continues to grow? What do you do? Let's say you're successful next year. Do you have to then not let any more than 48 players in your golf league? Because then that kind of screws everything up. Do you have a draft? What happens if you get, let's say you get a hundred players who want to play in this tournament, uh, this, this league next year. You do a draft, and anybody who's not picked doesn't get to play. Like there's, there's, there's so many things that are up in the air, and everybody's just looking at like the new shiny toy. There's got to be something there that's, um, that's off. And anybody who says they're going to that league to grow the game because they love the game, whatnot, that is such bullshit. They got paid such so such much bullshit. money to go. Did you hear how much they offered Tiger to go? It was like almost a billion dollars to go play, and he turned it down. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you told me that because now now I have just sports malcontent. From- <laughs> what? No, that, no, but no, uh, no, I'm serious. That's a big thing, right? Like, golf costs a lot of money, and I feel like people who win the Masters, like, they're so happy because, like, you, like, you get a $2 million purse, but if you count all of the fucking greens fees you paid – along the way and all the wedges you had to buy because you, you, you raged out and you broke one, you know, on the, off the, off the tee on six on some uh-huh. weird state course, like way back in the day. Right. All that stuff is relative. And I feel like golf is that game that always humbles you no matter how much money you put into it. Right. I, I make the joke that, you know, Hey, I got a new Callaway Maverick driver. Like I'm the shit. Yeah. If I hit it and I connect, the ball goes really far, but I don't all the time. So it goes left to right quite a bit, really yeah. far. Golf is a game that it doesn't matter. Like you have to put in the work. You have to spend the money to really be good at golf. This yep. tournament is the inverse of that. You're going to get money for not really being that great at golf. Well, of those of, of those of those 48 players, I'm sure the top 20 are great. But if you look at the bottom 20, I'm sure they were probably not too too far. Yeah, and guess what? We right. haven't heard how much those guys are getting paid to join. Did they get paid? All we're hearing yeah. about is the big money that's getting paid out to the, the high-profile names that are going to come over there. So Tiger Woods in his career, obviously I don't think this includes uh, endorsement deals. It's just wins and everything else. It's $121 million. To turn down almost a billion dollars to stay with the league that you're in, when you're arguably the best golfer that's ever played who still has some life left. If you can, you know, fully recover from, I mean, he's a year and a half removed from both of his legs almost getting cut off. So let's cut him some slack. Everyone's like, oh, you included, ah, he doesn't finish. He was dude. He almost lost both of his legs. I'll, it's been a year and a half. Let's, I'll give him a little bit of credit. Um, but I tore my adductor, just tore an adductor and I couldn't run for eight months. So like I'll cut him some extra slack, but to look at that kind of money and say, and I'll, I'll make sure I clarify in case anybody else has, you know, exception to what I'm saying or something comes out down the road and we find out that all the reasons he turned it down. 
let's say he didn't like the contract. Let's say the the ask was too much, too long, too many games, or or maybe he couldn't choose which ones he wanted to play in. Whatever the reason, he looked at probably the biggest check a golfer will ever get for playing the game of golf. Said, you know what? The PGA has supported me my entire career, even through my off-the-course turmoils. Uh, I will continue to support them. And you have to know the level of draw you bring to a sport and what you being there does for that sport. So, like, you, you're paid that kind of money because if you go to the live, that then they then become relevant. You looked at it and declined and potentially missed out on I mean, that's that's not like I think his net worth is somewhere over a billion dollars anyway, estimated. But that is like your your grand's ki- your grandkids' grandkids are now wealthy for that kind of money. Yeah. You're that that bumps you up the list on like the Forbes richest people in the world type money and to say like, Nope, I'm good, thank you. I think that to me, I kinda get a little bit more respect for him in general because that's that's huge. That's huge. Yeah, I- I, I got to agree with you on that. I just feel like the rags to riches like story in golf, like when Sergio Garcia, like won won his title, you know what I mean? Or when Bubba Watson won his title, you're just sort of like, yes, golf is a, is a great equalizer. You know what I mean? And the rags to riches now being, you know, you attempting to say the PGA, you know, paid you three quarters of a million and, and you're worth 4 million. Okay. Go get your 4 million. Go yeah. get your 4 million. Right. Dustin Johnson, go get your 4 million. But then when you want to play Augusta, yeah, they might let you in based on your namesake. Yeah, but you're going to go some other places and where your lifetime PGA Tour membership is now revoked. Those doors do close. And yeah. there will be a time in the future where they want to have played a course that has meaning to them and that door is closed now because they decided to take something, you know, entrance in a tournament for money. Yeah, if I had to choose between playing at a, at a Trump National Course or Augusta, I'm taking an Augusta every day, and I don't even play golf. Yeah, and the the thing is, like you were saying, people are are pumped to win the Masters because of the payout. The guys or, aren't crying. Or the prestige. Yeah, it's the prestige, right? Like you have you have professional golfers who have had lots of success who haven't won, never won. major tournaments who make millions of dollars and endorsements and everything else who win. And sure. The money is, is definitely nice. I mean, the, the tour championship pays out uh, 18 million. The players pays out 3.6 million. The FedEx championship is 2.7. The U S opens only 2.25 for the, uh, no, sorry. Yeah. It's 2,250,000 dollars. And it kind of like trickles down from there a little bit. The Masters is only $2 million. Like, the, still, the total purse is only $11 million. Of, it's a lot of money. It's, yes, but that's not... It's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. It is a lot of money. But my, my point more is, when guys win it, they're not getting emotional and teary-eyed because of the money. It's because it's the fucking yeah. Masters and the, yes. the and history that goes into it. Owning a green jacket, the three big majors, the, the Players' Championship, the U.S. Open, and the Masters have such a long tenured history and there's so much prestige that goes into it. How long before you get that kind of emotion in the live league 
50 years, 20 years, a guy's going to cry at the end of it because they made, no, because you made so much more money by signing that the money you win for that championship is like a drop in the bucket, right? You got $500 million to join that league and you win at the end of the year, a $30 million essentially oh, I'm bonus. Sure, I'm sure there's like, contracts or, or things tied to it. You know what I mean? But like, I mean, I, I guess my, my only last thought on this is that like, uh, I keep going back to it, but like golf is an equalizer. And when people earn things through golf, it pays dividends to them that can't be quantified. Right. Like there, there are people who will stick with their trusty driver that, you know, or, or their set of irons from like 15 years ago. And like golf is about going to a course, hanging with your buds, crushing some beers, just smacking one like, you know, long and true down the fairway and being like, yes, I'm going to win this hole. And then you have professional golfers. Now that are doing a shotgun style start that is like, I mean, it, it's like a 10 week, like tour of like bachelor party style golf. And I love bachelor party style golf to yeah. be honest. Right. But I'm not taking it seriously. Right. So, sorry, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, I know you, you guys should be able to take golf really seriously. Like I, I don't take it seriously. I don't think they're going to take it seriously. I think the product will suffer eventually. I, I mean, I, I just don't see how it's sustainable. You come in, yeah. you spend a shit ton of money. You're not like, where's that revenue coming from? Like, what are you gaining from that level of financial exposure? You don't have TV rights, so I mean, you can run YouTube advertisements. So you are going to turn into a, a the Twitch streamer of professional sports, and that's what you're going to do. You're going to just run it off of like some online platform and and relies solely on clicks and advertisements. Sure. I just don't, it's just not sustainable. It sounds very much like every football league that has attempted to topple the NFL, not comparing the PGA and the NFL. I think they're drastically different organizations in terms of the way that they're managed, but it's just not sustainable, especially if you're only going to go with 48 players to keep saying like bringing free agency to the, to the live league or to golf. Like, Someone explain that to me. What do you mean bringing free agency? Because you paid people a shit ton of money to go over there? Okay. They released a statement today that says the PGA's uh, uh, announcement today is vindictive and it's just further dividing the, the, the gap between the players. And I'm like, not a single player left because they wanted to play and grow the game. They left because you offered them a shit ton of money. Or... They say, oh, there's only 48 players in that league. If I have marginal success in that league, maybe I'll build a name for myself because I'm lost in the field here and I'm finishing 70th or above and I'm not making any cuts. Nobody knows who I am. At least I'm yeah. getting paid there for for finishing, I mean, for playing in it. At least well, I think it was like $120,000, but that's for eight events. Game over. There's so many PGA events. If you finished 70th in all of them, I think you would still make more than you would probably make in, in all eight games you would play. Or sorry, seven, because not every everybody gets to play in the eighth game. Yes. Or sorry, eight tournament. It's wild. It, it almost sounds like, um, in a way, this uh, this live tournament is like squid games for golf. You know what I mean? Who's trying to who's trying to make it to the end and make all that money? Yeah. I Maybe don't... it is a, a metaphor for the classism in golf. I don't know. Yeah. If if you're listening to this and you want to explain to me what how this brings quote unquote free agency to golf, there's there's two leagues. You either get to play in seven tournaments, maybe eight, 
where you get to play in any tournament that you want. And there are lots of tournaments and some included that you've probably never even heard of, like the Barracuda Championship or the Barbasol Championship. Ooh, Barracuda! <laughs> Like they're, they're, they're lower purses. Like first place only gets the, the lowest payout for the, is the Barracuda tournament. And I think uh, the Barracuda championship and it's probably the, the web technology company Barracuda, but the total purse is only $3.7 million. So the winning. I just want to say that Happy Gilmore yes. would never, ever. Yeah. Actually, he might, he might, cause he might play in a couple of those events and pay for his grandmother's house. Yeah. Unless Shooter McGavin didn't play in the live, then he wouldn't, but you know. Semantics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's wrap up this episode of Sass America Podcast. We, we got to give a Deshaun Watson update. There is some explosive Man. reporting. Fantastic reporting from Jenny Varentas uh, New York, of the New York Times. Formula Sports Illustrated. Funny story. Tweeted at Jenny Varentas a couple times. She responded. Oh. And it was usually like, a, like, hey, how do you get into the industry kind of thing? Very nice. Took the time. Said, you got to write. Even if the writing's not good, you just got to keep writing. So shout out to Jenny Frentis. Good for her. But keep, Ken, she keep, keep, keep writing her. Fun. Maybe we can get her on the pod. I mean, we <laughs> do we have that kind of pull, Tim? <laughs> like, uh, we, we in the live I, podcast series, we might. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! We 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 we've had some good guests. For anybody who's That's new true. to the program, if you go That's back true. in the beginning, uh, there's been some. There was there was some. Uh, behind the scenes events that took place we kind of had to pause on our guests but we hit the ground running we had chris cody from the now dan levitard show we had adam Mm Schefter. we had tim kirchin those are those are three three folks you don't shake a stick at those are those are three fantastic guests whenever i tell people about the podcast people always say like bullshit and i said stats don't matter spotify look it up and they just scroll and they go yeah yeah what now yeah I actually so, think some of but, that's been resolved. I might be able to get some of those folks back on if they're interested. So, yeah, no, <clears throat> just I'm, I'm, we're a podcast of the people. And we are not just, affiliated with Disney or ESPN. Just for the record, we are we are in, we are own, independent contractors yes. who make no money unless unless the Saudis call. And we're us not contractors. We're series. just independent. We're independent entertainment uh, providers. Consultants. Uh, these opinions you know. are our own. They are not affiliated that's with true. anybody. All right, now that we got that right. out of the way, Sam, Sam continues. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, got that's good. Legal counsel. Legal counsel is <laughs> looking at me in the studio saying we're good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Remember, the thing used to be about Deshaun Watson, 22 woman, probably in a money grab. Jenny Varentis has now spoken to 66 women. Yeah. Women who are not suing Watson, not going to the police and saying the exact same story. It is not possible, in my opinion, that almost 100 women decide to come forward and say the same thing about someone. It's not possible. And when you look at him scheduling massages or treatment with 66 women over 17 months, okay? Yep. I I no longer believe that there is not nothing here at all. And the only thing that the NFL needs to do right now, which they've not done yet, is suspend him. Put him on the commissioner's exempt list. You pay him until you do your own independent investigation. If the NFL doesn't find anything here, then I want those investigators to show me their process because I feel like in, like Inspector Cousteau could find something more if yep. a New York Times 
investigative sports reporter who has plenty of bona fides can find this because there are women who have seen the um, Rusty Harden, his lawyer on, you know, real sports. And they're like, Mm -hmm. no, I got to say something when he goes on the radio and he says, oh, well, you know, um, if there was anything sexual happened, that's not illegal unless there's money. Rusty, the U.S. Court of Public Opinion is not a court that you are licensed to practice in. Mm-hmm. It is not the thing. Read the room, homie. It has never been okay to suggest those sorts of things. And, and a one and Mr. Kraft saying, may want to have a word with you. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like, just it, it is... It is going to be fascinating to see how the NFL attempts to tightrope this because the cases won't be solved before the season, which means he will start, which means he will play, which means there will be tons of fans that are pissed. There are going to be people who are going to continually ask him questions, and he's going to get pissed off and not do media days, and there are going to be poor performances where people are going to speculate that all kinds of things are responsible for him not playing his best game. Yep. And then after the season, there's going to be a lot more that's going to come out as I'm sure there wouldn't be things that will be just dropped throughout the season. And then the litigation is going to happen. And Rusty Harden is going to bleed $230 million out of Deshaun's guaranteed contract because it went from 20 to 60. I don't, I'm not saying there's two to 300 women. I'm not saying I also don't believe that's a possibility either. It, the, the, the article, and, and I will definitely put it in our, uh, in our social media uh, posts, on the New York Times, you ha- you have to you have to read it, yeah. like to know that the Texans arranged hotel rooms for him, to know that there was team counsel who was like, you need to get these women to sign NDAs, which NDAs yep. benefit their perpetrator, not the alleged victim. So yep. like, there is there are there are times for NDAs, okay? Technical secrets, product, you know, patents, those sorts of things. That's yep. where you get an NDA. You don't get an NDA for people giving you massage treatment. Yep. You, you know what you get an NDA for if you're a celebrity? Hooking up. So that it can't be sold to TMZ. Yep. So it can't be sold to page six, and so someone can't drag you through the mud. This is super bad. The more and more that people dig into this, the more and more the Browns look like they have no fucking idea what they're doing. Yeah. And it's, it's tough. It's atrocious. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, by the way, I, I'm fortunate with the New York Times article. If you have looked at one New York Times article ever, it's going to tell you that you've reached recording. You're not going to be able to read it without subscribing, which is tough. So there's a couple other websites out there that paraphrase and kind of break it down a lot. Uh, but what's appalling in all of this is that it was seemingly supported. And uh, sort of, I don't, I don't, I'll stop short of saying encouraged, but it was facilitated a lot by the Houston Texans. Like it is to have like legal teams and everybody else making plans for all this sort of stuff. This is crazy. And, And for the record, anybody who wanted to burn down the Patriots and the Kraft family because the old man got, uh, an HJ, after one of his massages, yet you're out there making excuses for Deshaun Watson, you're a hypocrite and you go to hell for real, because these things are not even close to the same. Uh, One of them 
is a whole lot of bit sketchy. I mean, they're both sketchy, let's be honest. But one of them is a whole lot of bit sketchier than the other. Like, this is... Like, I don't... I don't understand why the Browns did what they did, understanding that some of this is out there floating around and you went ahead and guaranteed somebody just almost a quarter of a billion dollars. Yeah. And and now to be fair, I don't know if anybody has come out and, and been able to disclose what the terms of that contract were. They could be guaranteed providing nothing happens legally. Right. Like there's there's a potential that that could come out. Uh, I don't know if he would be willing to sign something like that, given apparently his affinity for the law and his you know proximity to attorneys who are willing to, to help him, you know, dodge some shit. But that's possible. It is possible that if something comes from this and they find it conduct unbecoming of the NFL, they can get out of paying him like that's. Possible, but. If you fuck up, you know what you did. And I don't know if you would put yourself in a situation where you would sign something like that saying, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I was totally fine. There's nothing wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll sign that if if something comes out of this, you know, uh, you don't have to pay me. Maybe, I mean, maybe he would have just to get out of uh, uh, Texas. But if he did, then he's even dumber. Or to pay any of these settlements. Yeah, if he did, then he's even dumber than 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 he looks and, and sounds and seems right now. It's it's very unfortunate because all of these women, some of them who feel uh, like they're victims of any kind of sexual misconduct, or let's just say he was an asshole and he treated them poorly, and you know. I I can't imagine the conversation of, uh, (laughs) hey, we both know where this is going to go. Sign this first. Yeah. As a, and I, you know, I don't want to put myself in in anybody's shoes and and assume anything, but as a woman, like, how how are you like, "Hmm, this feels weird? Like, do you justify it because they're an athlete and you think they're trying to protect themselves and an image? Do you feel insulted or like, how do you even broach that conversation? It's like, hey, hey, do you do it before the massage starts? Do you do it like halfway through the massage? It's like, hey, this is where we're going to go. And then let's just be clear. Massage is just a word. It sounds like him and the team were using for prostitution. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't want to say anything about these women. But you randomly found 66 women who are willing to uh, provide favors to you under the guise of a massage. Uh, I, I don't, it I don't know. Like that's, that's it sounds like that. I mean, I, th- I think there are 66 women that he specifically tried things on and tweaked his, you know, his approach until, you know, he got the things. And then I, I, I do believe that there could be an instance in which all these women are coming together now and being like, wow, like, there's a really, really bad, bad look to this because. Yeah, but it there what, had to be, you know, there had to be verbiage in there that covered that, right? Like, we, I mean, what, that that's the thing about an NDA. I I bet the minute he had those people sign it, he probably shredded it. Or if he has it, I'm sure Rusty Harden has shredded it now. Well, they, like, they would probably, have to have a, Well, they have to have a copy of it, right? If it were to legally hold up in court, right? 
<sighs> and now, is he I, enough of a douchebag? Here's a big question. Is he enough of a douchebag to go and sue all these people afterwards for breaking their NDA? No, I, I, I bet he is, because um, one of the first um, um, women to, to come out, Ashley Solace, like, he, like, there's a text messages, right? Like, that he sent to her being like, I'm sorry I made you uncomfortable or whatever. Like, not, I'm sorry for my actions. I'm sorry you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. There, there is just so much here. And, like, the Texans were a fucking dumpster fire anyways. And now the Browns, like, it makes sense. But, like, you got to think, there was a large swath of the NFL to include the Bird teams, like the Seahawks and the Falcons, that were rumored to, like, be in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. I don't understand this. I really don't understand this. And I, 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 want, I want to feel about the league that I can trust that they're not going to say they want to advance the game for women and not back it up. And this seems yeah. like to be like this, this reporting has been out there for a while. He can go in the commissioner's exemplist at any time. He's still going to get paid. Put him on the commissioner's exemplist. Yeah. Do your investigation. Force the Cleveland Browns to say, we wanted to trade Baker Mayfield, but you know what? I think we're fixing to keep him. That excused him from, from camp. They're, they're like all in either their draft picks or Deshaun Watson. They're like, they're going for it. And if you are, oh, I was that was going to be my next idea. question. It's a super my next, bad idea. My next question would be, if you're Baker Mayfield, how do you feel right now? Um, I saw a meme today that's been going around on social medias, uh, and it, it was, <clears throat> hey, it's kind of short-staffed here. You know, the kitchen staff all called out, like, can you come in? And the response is, Dan, that's crazy, though. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I, I almost feel like that's – Kind of what where Baker Mayfield should be at. He, you know, he, he did a lot for that city. And for them to bring in someone who every single day looks like their character is not going to be redeemed for a significant period of time. Yeah, I, I, I might ask the team to excuse me too. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree entirely. Like, how... <laughs> First of all, they drafted a quarterback. They drafted a trade for two quarterbacks. Can't remember. Well, isn't, who, who's their backup? Who's their third stringer? It's another big. It's another big name, but I think they have I like was, several. Or is he? Is he? Uh, in the yeah. Uh, no, no. I'm looking it up right now. I think they have like four quarterbacks on their roster right now. <laughs> Nick Nick Foles is in Andy. Sorry. Let's see. Oh, Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett, yeah. And, there, and I think Josh Dobb. Yep, that's what it is. Yeah, they had they brought in. Four quarterbacks. So, that, I mean, come on. They have to be. They have to be signaling there that they're trying to make sure they have everyone available on the roster. But let's like, be sure you can spin it saying like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna go through camp and then we'll make a decision. We'll keep like three of you or whatever. Some will be designated practice squad. Maybe we'll cut another one. But uh, first of all, you go out and you get someone like Jacoby Brissett who has started plenty of games and, and fills in. So that negates you as the backup. And then your team has so little confidence and so little support for you. They go out and they sign somebody to a guaranteed contract bigger than any quarterbacks has ever gotten while you're yeah. still on the roster, knowing yeah. full well that there's potential for him to, spend time in jail or get removed from the league or any number of scenarios that they were willing to risk that 
both the future, like, I don't know, season or two, if he can't play, and their financial stability on something like that while you are still there and under contract. That has got to be the worst and feeling and the biggest slap in the face I, I can ever remember for any athlete. Any athlete be like, hey, yeah, hey, so we're going to bring in Deshaun Watson. We're going to bring in Jacoby Brissett. Uh, we'll let you maybe compete, but we're also going to give uh, we're also going to give Deshaun Watson. I know he's in some legal trouble. He's probably fine. We're going to give him the most anybody's ever given a player. <laughs> we're going to pay him about fifteen <laughs> times what all your salaries are combined. Like I'm like, oh. Man, if I were Baker and they came and asked me, I would tell them to fuck off. Sand, because that is awful, awful. What what is Baker's salary this year? Hold on, I'm I'm looking that up real quick. Baker Mayfield just, is currently guaranteed eighteen million dollars from the Browns. Good. I'd ask to be excused from every single game. I would. I would. Uh, he probably, he, I mean, eighteen million guaranteed. And he's probably rehabbing from the shoulder and everything like that. I would absolutely like remember Deshaun Watson was sat out and didn't play a season of football because he wanted to like make a point. Yeah. You absolutely can do this because if you want to re- like you know rehab and, and come yeah. up and, and get your second like career phase started, but like this, this this shit is insane to me. It's insane to me that the yeah. NFL is seeing all this come to light and their immediate reaction is not to put someone on the, on the commissioner's exempt list. Fight it out with the union in court. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. You there there's a hundred percent you just you, you, you had just to put have a someone, together? You had to have someone texting you uh you, you had to have someone giving you inside information that this shit was coming down the pipeline. Like Yeah. Like there's there's someone. yeah, there's zero chance that this took anyone by surprise. So I mean it's just it's a bad look for everybody involved. The Browns look like absolute just one horse's asses right now. One of the absolute worst things from the deposition uh, from the, from the New York Times article was when um, he asked someone to make a thirty minute. You know, Watson asked someone to drive thirty minutes, and during the deposition, the lawyer um, on the not on the defense on the other side was like. Did you even? This is a quote from from the New York Times, from the actual deposition. Um, did you even ask her what her experience level was, Watson? No, sir, that wasn't a priority. Right? You didn't care, did you, Watson? That wasn't a priority. I just wanted a massage. Question: You didn't care what her skill level was, correct, Watson? That wasn't a priority. You didn't care whether she was properly trained. That wasn't my priority, sir. What was your priority, Deshaun Watson? I I just I'm just struggling here. Like yeah. I'm super struggling, and I and I would be the same way if this was Russell Wilson, if this was Tom Brady, if this was fucking Baker Mayfield, if this was Nick Foles, if this was Matt Ryan, if this was Ben Roethlisberger. I would be I would be doing the same thing. I would just say yep. this is bullshit. Like it's ironic that the NFL calls it the Shield because everyone gets behind it and they just get protected. That is what is this reeking of right now. And it's yep. such a bad look for a sport that has a global niche right now and is trying to grow the game. Yep. It's, you have to be very smart with this. 
you want to get into a protracted legal fight with one player and the union, or do you want to like do what's right to grow the game? Yeah, and that, that's where I just struggle. I just think that like there's there's too much piling evidence here, and I I do think that like we probably will end somewhere around like seventy five to eighty total women that he had interactions with. That's 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 my thought on this because yeah. a majority of them have reached out. Maybe they just really felt like they didn't want to have their names, you know, dragged through the mud on social media or be, you know, disposed in court and they 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 don't want to do all that stuff. And I completely understand that. I just find it really hard to believe that like this isn't worse than it already is, which is pretty fucking bad. Yeah. And I mean I mean I the last thing I'll say on it is and this is what's fucked up. Um some of the methods he used for this are just atrocious like i'm supporting black businesses was something he would say to these folks to try and convince them that it was going on and uh, it's just like the worst of the worst things you could possibly say he was telling them exactly what they wanted to hear he was using uh he was literally pandering to like what like their soft points would be to and like how much how big of a predator do you have to be in order for that to be your go-to, right? It's like, I'm here to support your business. I'm here to support the black community. So come over here so I can forcibly have sex with you. Right. Could, could some, have been, could the, have been a legitimate, a, a legitimate thought in the beginning. I want to support small growing businesses, but more and more to your point, it looks like he groomed them. It looks like he specifically chose them because of their smallness, because of the pro, and I mean smallness and like stature and business wise, and ac- not nac- not an acumen, but like the ability, and then like he exacerbated the power role, like ugh. just terrible. Yeah, this is absolutely yeah. terrible. It's, I mean, I really hope he it it all comes out. He gets booted from the league. They have a stipulation in his contract, so he gets no money, and the Browns just sort of wallow in their own fucking failures because this is just this is just terrible. I mean, there's some thought that depending on what some of these things, uh, you know, whether or not he faces jail time or whatnot, kind of depends on like what actually transpired. But I could see him being a big enough douchebag to to then start suing some of these women for breaking their NDAs. It'll fully expose. If he gets booted from the NFL and he loses out on this money, I could see him being petty and going after them and, and, and doing some of this stuff, even if it is a bad look, but especially if rusty Harden is like, I'm not going to require you to pay me anything until we get money from these women. I'm sure something like that will happen. Like, and it, or he'll write a book and it'll just be like, Oh my frigging God. I can't, I can't, I can't deal with it. It's just, it's so bad. There are so many young women that want to be a part of the league and yep. this flies straight in their faces. Yeah. It's it's like it's like spitting in their faces. It's really not a good thing. Like NFL, you have you have the ability. You don't have to throw their hammer at them. You have that. It's an out that you that you wrote into your contracts. You just you can exempt them. And mm-hmm. force the Browns to choose a different quarterback to start week one. You can do it. But yep. no. You're letting the legal system play out. No. Your investigators didn't talk to any of these people. 
Now they did the Browns. They didn't talk to any of the 22 women who were like, eh, that's fucking suspicious. And now Jenny Francis is like, actually, it's not 22. It's 66. And the NFL, by all rights and, and, and margins, should be like, can we, can, we, can we get the guy or the gal in here that, that said there was nothing here? Because I'm going to fucking fire them. Because we look terrible right now. Yep. Just unbelievable. I agree. Unbelievable. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I hope it all. I hope it just fucking burns the whole place down. Let's be honest. Yeah. I, I, th- I think that there is something. I've long felt that Browns fans have like been in a really bad spot, and there's been a lot of things that have gone against them. But this is the first thing I can point to the Browns franchise and be like, you openly did this shit. Yeah. You, you accept this it. upon yourself. 100%. Yeah. And it, and it's and it's tough. It's tough, and it's tough too because you know my favorite franchise was r- rumored to be in the Deshaun Watson like running, and I'm glad mm-hmm. we didn't pay him 230 million dollars. We we'll pay Russell that, but it's like, oh uh, man, why were we even in the conversation to begin with? The Panthers wanted uh, wanted uh, Baker as long as the Browns would pick up some of the uh, some of the financial costs for it. But they can't because they put themselves into a hole because they decided to give this dude $230 million. And they can reduce his salary this season to like a million dollars. So yeah. like if anyone tries to sue him this year, cool, nothing's going to happen, which means everyone's going to wait until next year and then sue the ever-living shit out of him. So you have mm-hmm. a dude on your roster for the next five years, and you're not gonna he's not going to play a single snap. And you're going to be paying him or the people whose lives he possibly ruined all yep. that money. Way to go, Browns. Way to fucking go. Yeah, it's a bit of a mess, but... All right, last thing, uh, a little rough transition, but to wrap this thing up, because we went long, uh, <clears throat> Tampa, not only mm-hmm. did they just win uh, Game 5, so they're up 32, uh, they did so by scoring a goal with just a couple minutes left and then scoring an empty netter to make it a 3-1 win, but uh, they actually kicked the Rangers ass at the end of the game because the fight broke out. And of all the, the pairs that uh, got together, the lightning came out on top of all of them. So, <laughs> I was texting oh, my, uh, for a moment there was, uh, I was talking to one of my buddies about golfing on Saturday and I sent him a text uh, while, while we were recording. Cause I pay attention to every, every minute of our show. Um, and he's like, hey, sorry, I was I didn't respond to you earlier today. I'm watching the Rangers game. I said, oh, yeah, I'm recording and, and watching it also. Well, the uh, game just ended. And uh, he sent me a text blaming me for having looked at his phone. So <laughs> <laughs> shout out, Matt and Sally. Sorry, dude. Uh, I also hate the Tampa Bay Lightning. So it is what it is. Big facts. Big facts. Yeah. But, All right. All that'll right. do it for this episode of Stats Don't Matter. Uh, hopefully by the time you hear this you get ready for game four which I, I hate to tell you I'm just going to predict right now it's probably going to be a Celtics loss because I just think that the Warriors are going to tweak something but uh, go you, look if you're in Maine go find Bandit Brewing mm. in, a, in any, any, any New England state you got to go find Bandit Brewing super good and if you're in Washington and you don't get any Holy Mountain what the fuck are you doing I don't know I don't know I'm just saying super good Uh, Those are the beers. Those are the sports. Peace. Peace, everybody.